This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly Welcome to THN Cover to Cover for Saturday, October 17th. Kitties, my name is Matt Baum. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 1030 Central, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to wrap about the week's nerd news. And then we open the phone lines at 11 for you nerds to play along. Now, we suggest a question of the week. We suggest some topics, but blow us up. You can talk about whatever you want. You can call us at 402-819-4894. If you can't remember that many numbers, there's a call now button right on our Facebook page. Speaking of our Facebook page, we are live on Facebook doing this. So you can watch, you can chat there, you can play along. We don't have a show without you if you don't. If you can't be here live, that is just fine. You can always leave us a message on the official THN phone line, 402-819-4894. Or you can send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Before we start talking to these nerds, we have got a whole bunch of nerd news to discuss. Joe Patrick, nerd Indeed we do. news! Let's go. Nerd, nerd, nerd news. <laughs> Gotta get into it, man. Yeah, I guess, I guess. In a move to reassure fans and retailers that DC still plans to print comics, this week they revealed the details of their next big event, Future State, set for January and February 2021. If we make it that far, where there's no yeah. reassurance that 2021 is even going to happen. 2020 may not peacefully, you know, leave. It might be like, nope, no peaceful transfer <laughs> this year. 2020 stays, assholes. Future State is a line-wide event featuring a series of specials and brief limited series set in the near and far future of DC continuity. We're going to call them potential or possible futures, though. I was going to say, isn't that everything that's going on in DC right of now? Of course. <laughs> it's, uh... Uh, they will temporarily take the place of the publisher's core ongoing titles, uh, kind of Age of Apocalypse style, you know? Sure, sure. The regular DC title lineup resumes with the numbering of existing titles intact, uh, quote, continuing existing storylines from 2020 and introducing new arcs for the year, end quote. So it sounds like we have this huge event. We're going to replace all the books. It's going to be crazy. We're shaking it up. It's in the future. It's in the past. It's in the present. It's all over the place. And then the next month, it all goes back to normal. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, that's what it does eventually for all these events, but... You know, well, yeah, I'm, but this is no different than something like Age of Apocalypse or Amalgam right. or or whatever. It's I agree. Just like it's just a story. It's a story with an ending. You just don't and say that yeah. part, though. You don't tell them that part. You keep some of it magic, right? Like maybe Bruce Wayne will always be dead until the next month. You know. <laughs> well, he's not even actually dead in this. Yeah. Here is the official line from DC, quote, in DC Future State, the multiverse has been saved from the brink of destruction, but the triumph of DC's heroes has shaken loose the very fabric of time and space. Whoops. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. The final chapter of Dark Knight's Death Metal on sale January 5th brings a new life to DC's multiverse, <laughs> kicking off this glimpse into the unwritten worlds of DC's future. They can't help themselves, can they? Here we are like six years into this mess, and now it's going to spin off the multiverse. There's no mention of the generation stuff 
Generation Shattered, which also like lands on that same day, not mentioned here, no mention of Forged, the one that happens in February, and DC declined to answer questions about them, but we think these books will bookend this story, right? Yes, no? Yeah, I mean, that's it's pretty universally expected that those two one-shots... One comes out at the beginning of the of the same day as the event starts. The last one comes out the month it ends. Why it's, are they being weirdos that, about it? Though? It's definitely a plant. Why not just say that? They're not being weird about it. They were talking about the future state books, not the generations books. <sighs> okay. So let's just talk about it real quick here. Generations was a big thing that we now know we are getting. And well, no, uh, sort of, um, this is so what's confusing. there was this. There was this plan for DC to kind of massage everything that happened in their 80 plus year history into a sort of followable continuity called generations. And that was called generations. And it was supposed to lead to something called 5g, which, uh, which was going to be, which was rumored to be the, uh, you know, the younger heroes replacing, right. Uh, you know, John Kent becomes Superman, uh, Luke Fox becomes Batman, et cetera, et cetera. Which sort of um, sounds like what's going on in Future State. And I think that they've kind of massaged that idea now and turned it into Future State. Okay, that was where um, I was going with this. Is that like, that's now what we're getting, Future State. Yeah, I mean, I, it's essentially, to me, in my mind, it's basically the same concept. Like, I, I never expected this 5G stuff to be permanent. People freaked out about it for no reason whatsoever. Well, sure. That's what we do. Uh, because it's the internet. It's our job. That's fans. Freak out. <laughs> okay. So they're breaking it um, up basically into a Batman family of books, a Superman family of books, which includes Wonder Woman, and a Justice League family of books. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the uh, situation. Uh, in oh, you read you read that part. Yeah, we could just jump. Uh, so all of these all of these families uh, uh, groups of family titles are going to be a combination of monthly and bi monthly oversized anthology titles. With one shots, one or three issue monthlies uh, extending into March and two, um, pardon me, 14, two issue monthly limited series. That sounds like a big investment for two months. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of comics in two months, right? Uh, there's a huge list of names here, include, including uh, Mariko Tamaki, Bendis, Gene Luen Yang, Joel Jones, Joshua Williamson, Nicola Scott, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they're also bringing in a bunch of creators from the worlds of TV and movies. And animation, um, John Ridley, who is about to launch his big thing with DC, uh, he's also doing the next Batman, and many others that I, whose names I don't recognize. Yeah, I'm sure they're attached to TV projects and whatnot. Yeah, um, I mean the books all kind of look like they're shaking things up. Like you said, this looks very Age of Apocalypse, where we're seeing slightly altered versions of heroes we recognize. You've got Outsiders, Arkham Knights, Batgirls, Gotham City Sirens, uh, Grifters, which. Grifters. We're going full Wildstorm, aren't we? We're going full. Double the Grifters for double your fun. Wildstorm is back. And then you've got a Red Hood book because we can never get enough Red Hood. Yeah, right. I mean, this sounds like it could be fun and it could be interesting. It also sounds kind of ballsy right now for DC after a lot of the flack they've taken for leaving Diamond Comics and relaunching and relaunching and relaunching. This is not a relaunch, mind you. This is just like an no, alternate no. history future story thing with, it's a what if you know it's like right. a you know it's like kingdom come or you know anything else like that it's it's like a, a, a peek at what could be sure um 
but yeah, I mean, it's also a big gamble. It's a it's a big gamble, yes, but it's also a lot to ask of retailers. Yeah, I mean, like, and um, all these books: Future State, Batman, Superman, Catwoman. I mean, I guess if you look at it in the way that they are just kind of replacing the monthly titles, maybe it's not as bad because a lot of these aren't brand new. There are new one shot stuff, but a lot of these are just replacing the titles: Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Nightwing. Yeah, but they're totally different. It's it's to me, it's sort of like. Um, when DC did convergence convergence was a different animal because it was something that they needed to do so that they could pack up their offices and move across the country. Right. So they just needed that fill in sure. for a couple months. Um, Villains month DC asked retailers to order four times as many comic books as they normally would. Uh, each one featuring a different character who may or may not be popular or whatever. Right. And then expecting fans to have the cash to shell out for that many books. Oh yeah. And you know, that's my biggest concern is that retailers are going to be like, what the, I, I can't throw a ton of money behind this or they think they have no choice because if they don't order big and they have no DC books, then they have no sales. Yeah. I mean, and there is some head scratching stuff in here. Like the Superman and Batman stuff is obviously, obviously going to sell. That's so let's just read the descriptions of the families real quick. You can find the list of titles the, all the solicits are out for it. Um, I think that they look pretty fun, um, but I think it's also going to be a nightmare for fans and shops. Yeah. This is a lot of comics, a lot. So let's just, uh, let's just read the descriptions of the, 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 the premise real quick. All right. Batman family in this future, Gotham city is controlled by the magistrate. This villainous regime has taken control of the city now under constant surveillance. All masked vigilantes have been outlawed and Batman has been killed. Not really, <laughs> but led by an all new Batman, Luke Fox. They're, they're trying so hard to keep it under wraps. Like right. they list him as redacted. Well, I mean, in one guys, of the solicits, you already told us all this stuff. We know what it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a new assembly of Gotham's guardians rise to give hope to all those who lost it. Uh, that sounds pretty fun. Little dystopian Gotham city kind of stuff. Yes. Um, the Superman stuff says due, due to his involvement in international crisis happening in the near future. Clark Kent has been rejected by earth. Uh, okay. Causing him to focus his life-saving efforts outside of his adopted home. He travels to War World to rise through the ranks of gladiatorial combat in order to defeat Mongol with the help of some unlikely heroes. Back in Metropolis, Clark's son, John, has taken on the mantle of Superman. Somehow we can know that. That's fine. After seeing the horrors that befell Gotham, he bottles Metropolis in order to keep it safe, putting him at odds with Supergirl. This is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> this is totally nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is. It's wild. I mean, I like the shake up idea. That's fun. Like they're they're shaking it up a little bit. I just think this is yeah probably entirely too much to ask of both fans and retailers in a two month period. Uh, let's get through the rest here real quick. There's a, a the Mister Miracle story kind of connects those two uh, as he bounces between Apocalypse and Earth. Uh, there's a new Wonder Woman, Yara Floor. She's chosen to be the new Wonder Woman. Uh, Diana still out? Uh, no, she's she's got her own book, but I think it takes place like thousands of years in the future. Years later, the new Superman and Wonder Woman join forces to save their cities in a new blah 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 superhero team up. Yeah, I mean yeah, we get it. it we, Justice League. 
A, th- a thread of great change runs through the Justice League heroes. A new league is built upon secret identities, even from each other. What? No trust. What? Yeah, this is the one that said, because it was like Clark, uh, Connor, Kent. Uh, no, what's his name? John. John Kent is Superman. Yara Flora is Wonder Woman. Batman is redacted. <laughs> <laughs> but an old and evolved enemy will use these secrets to try and overthrow the, overthrow the world for the supernatural heroes of Justice League Dark. The very we know what Justice League Dark is. That doesn't sound new. Yeah. Uh we've got Flash, Shazam, the Teen Titans up in the mix. God damn it. They can't leave my boy alone. Wally West is possessed by famine, one of the four writers of the apocalypse, <laughs> and they're trying to save his life. He was just feeling so much better. Come on. He's out, like it looked like he's out there killing people. I don't know. Uh yeah. Billy Batson makes a deal with the devil. Yikes. That sounds about right. I mean, it is Billy. He's always been a trouble kid, right? No. <laughs> yes. Billy's the sweetest kid in the world. What the hell? <laughs> in fact, uh, I would argue. Spider-Man making a deal with the devil is more likely than Billy Batson doing it, okay? Yes, it's true. (laughs) Uh, Here's the one that I thought was especially fun. Uh, There's a new Suicide Squad. Amanda Waller executes her ultimate plan with a new but terrifyingly familiar Suicide Squad on Earth 3. And so they're all like evil versions of... Like, this Suicide Squad is the evil versions of Batman, Superman. Oh, okay, so Earth 3 is where the Injustice Society came from? Crime Syndicate. Crime Syndicate, But uh, these actually look like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, and not Ultraman, Owlman, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We should drop links to these into the chat so these kids can see it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll put links to the solicits uh, in the the show notes. I mean, Uh, Oh, you want to do it in the chat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, like... There's Black this, Adam, Black Adam, one million. What the hell? Who knows? I mean, yeah, they're shaking some stuff up and doing some fun stuff here. It sounds like everything's just going to reset afterwards. So who knows? Maybe, maybe this is a little bit of testing the water. Like there's a Swamp Thing book here. That's kind of fun. I don't know. This just seems like too much, too fast for me to get real excited about anything that's going to be over in sixty days. For me, I I love these fun little experiment type things, but I understand that it's also really difficult for for people that have to make decisions about their purchasing, uh, both in a retail sense and... And just as a consumer, it, 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 it's got to be tough. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound like, don't ever change anything, guy. I'm not saying that at all. I love it when they do stuff like that. They probably could have pared this down to half of this, and it would be a lot more approachable. I just don't understand why there is so much of it yeah. all at once. That's yeah. a, It's just a lot. It seems like a real gamble for a company that, I mean, kind of has their back against the wall. But then again, if you're not going for it, if you're not taking the shot, I don't gotta know. take the shot. Yeah, we'll see. From the Say It Ain't So MCU desk, Hot on the Heels reports that Jamie Foxx would be reprising his role as Electro, and Cumberbatch's Doc Strange would be starring in Spider-Man 3. Rumors began swinging through the internet that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield would also be joining the movie, as well as their versions of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> this news was first reported by uh, Popcorn Planet, which is not exactly, I mean, they're a rumor site, whatever, and later shared, this is what scared me, by well-known sites like the Latino Review, which sounds like I'm making a joke, but the Latino Review is notoriously right about this early stuff. They're they really get a lot of stuff right. Yes, they it. do. 
as social media took this news and put it into hyperdrive. It was only a matter of time before bigger outlets started to look into it. E.T. Canada, not E.T. U.S., they were busy, but E.T. Canada reached out <laughs> to Sony Pictures in light of the rumors, and here is what Sony said. They, find, they, they put their foot down, and they said, let us clear this up for you. They said, those rumored castings are not confirmed. Oh, sorry, that's the end. That's what they said. <laughs> you jerks! You goddamn jerks! <laughs> so we know that filming has reportedly started. If Let me ask you this, and we're just spitballing here, but if you're working for Sony and somebody comes to you and says, hey, we need your official line, is this happening? And it's not happening, don't you just say no? Or Marvel, you, is there something where you want to feed the buzz, you know, and be like, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. What is the benefit of saying they're not confirmed, is my question, if, it, I think, if it's I not think, happening? I think to keep it mysterious and to keep people talking. I, I get that, but if it's not happening, why, what's the benefit here? Why not be like, no, we're not doing that, but wait. To keep it mysterious and to doing? keep people talking. That's the benefit is people are talking about the spot. Like they're like excitedly talking about the Spider-Man movie. And I get that. But if they're not, if they're specifically not going to do this, then that there's no benefit to that. That's if people get more and more excited. Then they go, no, we're not. It's publicity. It's publicity for the movie. This is the third time now I'm saying it. It's to get people talking and excited about the movie. Does this make you excited at all? No, because I am not somebody that it likes this idea. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I I don't I don't know that there is a large group of people that have this cachet for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I think there is. is I there think really? there is. Yeah. Whereas I look at it as something that doesn't really hold up. Yeah. Uh you know, after all these years, uh, it, like they're fun in a campy silly Sam no, Raimi kind of totally way. I totally agree. Like I still like the first two Spider-Man movies. I they're they're fine. I still but they're like incredibly cheesy. The second one is great. It's a lot of fun. They are incredibly cheesy. The Garfield ones, they like try to be a little too slick and a little too cool, bro. You know, but again, wasn't garbage. The second one, yeah, the second one was bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, it seems weird to me. Now this would be Sony. Right. Uh, so, you know, who knows with these clowns? Yeah. But, uh, it seems weird to me, given the public knowledge of what DC is doing with the Flash movie. Yeah. That Sony would be like, sounds good to us. Right. This goes like to back to that like Armageddon deep impact thing we always talk about. Where it's like, I, don't, I think it's way too late for that to like, be a coincidence. Oh, though. shit. That studio's got a giant meteor movie. Well, we got to make one, too. You know, like I find it very hard to believe Marvel, who has been very original with their ideas and challenged us and made us say things like, I can't believe they're even making a movie about this character. You know, why would it be in their best interest to be like, Oh, DC's doing that. We should do that yeah, too. It, it seems like a very silly idea, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, also they didn't deny it. That's what worries me. They didn't deny it. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to I, hear from you guys. So somebody call in and, and tell me, yes, I'm excited to see Andrew Garfield in this movie and tell me why. Now, like, to be fair, a drink, there's no reason to expect a director and a cast and a crew that have already turned in two excellent Spider-Man movies to not have a good idea for something fun. I agree. And so like my knee jerk reaction is like, no, I don't need to revisit that, please. Unless, unless it's like a five second thing 
where Spider-Man's like, oh, I'm falling through portals to different realities. This is like a multiverse of madness. And, oh, Andrew Garfield, what are you doing here? Like, that's weird. Whoa, I've been sucked into another one. It's Tobey Maguire. That was hilarious. Goodbye. You know, I've like, fallen <laughs> into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> right. You know, if they do something like the Deadpool thing with Ryan Reynolds where he comes and kills himself before sure, he yeah. signs I, like, that yeah, could I be get, fun. Like, I don't know. I'm fine we'll, with that. We'll see. Time will tell. I, I am not um, anxious for this yeah. idea, but I don't want to see a three handed like Spidey high five where they go. It's time for a Spider-Man three up. <laughs> they swing around and they all punch the dude together and they Spider punch Man Jamie Foxx back into his movie. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. No, <laughs> I think I just wrote the uh, script. Spider-Man 3, three up. <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into this other news. Oh, I uh, hate myself. Me- God, I hate myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, remember the news that Orphan Black's Tatiana Maslany has been cast as the big green lead in Disney Plus's She-Hulk series? It was the best news. We were so excited. Yeah, it sure seemed legit news at the time, seeing as She-Hulk showrunner Jessica Gao, uh, practically confirmed it by quote tweeting the original deadline report and then mark ruffalo welcomed her into the hulk family on twitter yeah however (laughs) during a recent interview the topic of she hulk came up and maslani dropped a bombshell quote that actually isn't a real thing and it's like a press release that's gotten out of hand it's totally not i've been connected to these things in the past and press has gotten onto it but it's not actually a thing unfortunately end quote what (laughs) now here (laughs) here is something a little bit maybe you know what maybe it's not uh when io9 reached out to disney for clarification a representative said quote unless it's confirmed on marvel.com it's all just rumors but which seems like a stronger (laughs) denial than the spider-man thing but also not really that is a denial I mean, like that's it's saying, look, it was not confirmed here. It is a rumor. That's what they at least that's a statement. But he did not say this rumor is not true. They did not say that. Now, these outlets have correctly reported on casting long before Disney announces the news officially. This could also be weird, wacky Marvel shenanigans, which they've done before. But that sure seems stupid. That doesn't seem to make any sense. It's one thing to be like, tease. Oh, maybe it's not happening. But to have the actress be like, no. No, I, this it's yeah. not true. And like, and if you like look at the way she says it, it's not like she's like, ha ha ha, yeah, that was fun. Actually, no, it's not happening. I wish it was or whatever. She's just like, no, no, it's not, right. It's not a thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a pretty <laughs> not a thing. Sorry, it's a pretty frank and and uh, non vague yeah, <laughs> denial of I, that I, of that news. I don't get this at all. I don't get it. I feel like a guy like Mark Ruffalo. It's not like. Ruffalo was scrolling through Twitter and went, oh, really? Cool. Hey, I'm glad you get to be the Hulk. You know, like he gets news on this. He knows stuff, right? He's a major Hollywood star in the end, like a major part of the MCU. And he's the fucking Hulk. He gets like dailies on this, right? I Yeah, I would assume that uh, he would be in the know about production news. Not to uh, mention the showrunner, the person that is in charge of the show. Right. She didn't know. Somebody, like, this is a shock to her? Wouldn't she be the person chiefly in charge? It wasn't a shock to her. She retweeted the report. No, what I'm saying is, like, she didn't know it was fake. 
shouldn't she be oh, well. the one person who is in charge of finding the star of the show? <laughs> like, I wonder, I wonder if it was something that just kind of fell through. Like, I wonder if it was happening and then that's something where happened. That is where I'm going with this. My guess is they had like some type of agreement where they're like, yep, it's, it's as good as signed. It's happening. And then last minute she was like, wait a minute. No, I'm not agreeing to something. <laughs> you know, I like, I don't want to do that. Or maybe she picked up a She-Hulk comic and she was like, this sucks. No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't know. And she pulled out and it's easier for her to just go, yeah, that's not a thing than it is to say, I don't want to do it. Uh, David Robbins makes a good point in the chat. He says, uh, remember people like this make a living playing pretend. <laughs> so it's also true, but this is a weird way to play pretend. Yeah. So, okay, let's get to, we need to get to the rest of this news and then get out of here. Okay. So finally, yes. in possibly the only good comic movie news of the week, Michael B. Jordan will be producing a static shock film for the WBDCCU, as I like to call it. The project was first revealed back in August at DC Fandom. I don't think anybody was like attached to it there, though. Like Reginald Hudlin mentioned. Uh, I think that he's scripting it. Yeah. But I think that may have been the only news. They said the film was in development. We really don't know anything about the film yet other than it is happening now. And if we ever get to go back to movie theaters, we may be able to see it someday in the far future. For those of you too young to remember the 90s, Static Shock, he was one of the main characters in Dwayne McDuffie's milestone imprint at DC that saw several different characters of color getting the spotlight for a change. Static Shock is a story of Virgil Ovid Hawkins, a 14-year-old Afro-American kid that is doused with an experimental chemical during a gang war, which is where that stuff happens, I guess. Like you do, yes. <laughs> he was caught up in. Hawkins gains a variety of electromagnetic powers and becomes a costume crusader. He, he uh, flies oh, around on a manhole cover, which I think is awesome. on a manhole cover. He was sort of uh, DC's answer to an updated Spider-Man at the time. Yeah, he was a, he was a teen, yeah. Yeah, like a Spidey, uh, a Spidey type. Required reading for this one, go pit, go check out Static Shock, Trial by Fire. That reprints the original one through four back in 93. And there was a 2001 relaunch called The Rebirth of the Cool. Both of these were done by Dwayne McDuffie and John Paul Leon. They were, in my opinion, the only really two good ones you need to read. Later on, Static Shock would pop up here and there. There was a rumor, uh, not a rumor, Jeff Johns wanted to put the character in his new Teen Titans relaunch back in the early 2000s. And DC said, no, wouldn't let him do it. Yeah. The, you know, they hadn't really done anything bringing in milestone characters at that point. Yeah. Later on, he would be like a member for a little bit, but that was like, yeah, yeah. Way he's later, firmly in the DCU. Yeah. Uh, Static shock rebirth of the cool is the comic book that uh, Dwayne McDuffie tried to get me to buy from him. At my first ever comic book convention, PlanetCon in Kansas City in 2001. Oh, wow. And uh, I lied directly to his face and told him I already had it. And he busted me because it was an issue that would not have been released until the following Wednesday. And then he died. Nicely done. <laughs> and Joe then Patrick. he died before I had a chance to make it right. You could draw a straight line from that moment to his death. <laughs> and now I am haunted by the ghost of an angry Dwayne McDuffie. He's got unfinished business with me. Uh, this is fun. Michael yeah. B. Jordan. I'm excited about everything that guy does. And static is a cool character. Reggie Hudland is like a classic 
uh, uh, milestone guy. So it's in good hands. Yeah. I think this is going to be a fun movie. If it ever comes out, it should be fun. I mean, if it ever comes out. All right. Enough of us blathering on. Let's get to this question of the week set up for these jerks so we can open up the phone lines and talk to the kitties. Gio. This week's question was submitted by David Robbins during last week's cover to cover. What's been your comfort media during these trying times? What have you been reading or watching for the first time, catching up on or rewatching? Fun, fun, fun. I just uh, I love it. Yeah, I just finished one of the ones that I've been catching up on and rewatching last night. We'll talk about that real quick here. But first, it's time to open the phone lines and the very first kid in line every week. Mr. JD got a catch. I'm asking to unmute him because I am polite. JD, how are you today? Pretty good. How are you guys? We're doing well. What do you want to rap about today, brother? Uh, are you guys caught up on the boys season two? Not caught up. No. No. I'm about three episodes behind, I believe. Okay. Have, have you seen... Okay, so you've seen Lamplighter? Yes. Okay. I wanted to talk about how like metafictionally weird it is to have Iceman essentially playing pyro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That can't be, that can't be an accident. Well, we also have, you know, the human torch playing Captain America. So, I mean, well, yeah, stuff, but happens. I mean, just the, the very specifics, especially using the Zippo lighter, like pyro and yeah. uh, X2. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind it, and I like the character, and I like that actor. Whatever. It's yeah. I don't have a problem with it, but yeah, it is ironic. I'll give you that. <laughs> but we also live I, in a I, time where I, superhero movies and TV are dominating media, and so actors right. pop up, and they're like, hey, he was great in that other role. Hey, you were great as Electro. Do you want to be Electro again? You know, like, <laughs> shit like that is even happening, which I would argue is way wackier, but... <laughs> I just... I, I would just argue that... Uh, because of the type of show the boys is and what they're saying, I, I think that casting was intentional for that reason. I think it was, I, I think there's kind of a, okay. I see you working subversive comment yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I, they, perhaps they were, it's a meta joke, if you will. Yeah. That's what I was going with. Yeah. Fair enough. I think you're probably right. Those they're pretty smart about what they're doing there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Answer of the week. Uh, for me, it's been, well, back when I was like unemployed, it was, uh, just rewatching old episodes of leverage over and over and over again. Cause that show is my comfort food. Leverage is great. so good. Yeah, it is. And then, uh, I also just was, you know, diving in and discovering the world of subscription comics and, you know, outside of the lake house, you know, going, you know, doing a deep dive into the comicsology unlimited. And then I discovered hoopla. And so, yeah, that's been pretty much my COVID uh, entertainment consumption was primarily that, that, and my wife got me hooked on, on TikTok. So, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. The Chinese like got- just, just looking at videos, not making them right. Correct. Are you yeah, doing just, like those just, dances just and stuff where you're like, they like all do these like really weird like dances that remind me of uh, the dance in Ants that Woody Allen hated, <laughs> yeah. you know, like where he's like, what is wrong with everyone? Why are they dancing like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. The Ants dance. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. I'm old. What do I friggin know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't follow many of the dance uh, videos on there, but yeah. Um, I just actually finished on Hoopla. I just uh, have been, you guys mentioned it a while back, the uh, New Age of Heroes and DC. Oh, yeah. So I just, uh, I read 
sideways, both volumes of sideways, and I'm deciding whether or not to continue on with uh, the terrifics. Uh, right now, I'm just I'm having a hard time. None of the characters seem likable. <laughs> In the terrifics? Yeah. I mean, Mr. Terrific's just a dick and well, but you're not talking, just you're not talking seems, about like the current terrific series. You're talking about, yeah, I'm the terrifics, the one with metamorpho. And oh, okay. Oh, that, terrific see, I thought it started Elastic really Man good. Now I, ad- girl. I admit I'm behind quite a bit on that book, but the first, well, I really like the first six issues. I'm just, I'm on the first, <laughs> issue. I'm literally in the first trade. Oh, and I think I'm not even done with the first issue of the first um, trade. Fair enough. Jean, Jean Luen Yang takes over the writing eventually mm-hmm. so you might you might detect a, a, a tone shift okay uh, if you keep up with it so i mean i don't know I, that's a book that i only kind of dropped in and out of occasionally yeah. um so i did not read it all the way through um it had some great talent on it jeff lemire and and ivan rice and um doc shaner yeah and, and so like on paper i was like yeah this book sounds kick-ass and i love metamorpho um, god i love metamorpho so much <laughs> But like, I just, I, I couldn't keep up with it. I don't know. It just seemed like in the first, in the first like story or the first issue when they go, you know, they, you know, uh, Mr. Terrific shows up to get his tech back from someone who bought it out from under him. And then they go to the, they end up going through a portal yeah. into the dark metaverse and they find, you know, and, and all the while, I mean, Mr. Terrific's just like shouting orders at people and and then blowing them off when they want something from him. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm getting so far. <laughs> well, he's and a smart guy. Like, <laughs> I, I could get this from Reed, <laughs> you know? Sure. I mean, they're definitely and, going. And it, 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 it was for sure. It's supposed to be kind of a fantastic four analog. Yeah. You know, um, or it, or they wanted to invoke that, I guess, but yeah. Uh, or perhaps yeah. the challengers of the unknown. And be like fantastic what? Yeah, maybe like a mashup between the two. We don't even Except know what that is. Actually, referenced the challengers and yeah, either oh, no, there was a the challengers uh, in sideways. Yeah, because there was uh, one of the new age of heroes books was uh, the new challengers. Yeah, right. Well, um, and also the thing that set off all of the new age of heroes books, at least the ones that had new characters were, uh, was I guess challengers mountain show like being dropped on Gotham Gotham. Oh yeah. That happened in, that happened in, um, Death dark metal. Knights metal. The, yeah, the dark first metal. Yeah, yeah. Which is how the sideways kid got his powers. I read that book just cause I love teleporters and uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> I wasn't into sideways. Uh, um, well, the good news is Gotham is feeling much better and that may or may not have happened in the future or a different dimension. So <laughs> yeah, is sideways even around? I mean, is he even a character? Yes, I, he was. He has appeared in, uh, Brian Michael Bendis's young justice. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. Um, I'm way behind yeah. on young mm-hmm. justice. So, so yeah, he's still kicking around with the other teen kids. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it felt very like they were trying to make spider-man yes yeah i mean even in even the costume and then all of the and then even with the 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 parental stuff and yeah it just it felt very paint by numbers i would argue dc's been trying to do that for a very long time i mean we just talked about static not too long ago which was a good attempt at it that kind of fell by the wayside but uh, they don't have a whole lot of other like young angsty kind of hero 
Right. You know, I mean, like, you've got, like, Robin, sure, but, like, yeah, Damien is, no. like, a, no That's kid a can animal. relate to Damien. Are you kidding me? Or, like, Jonathan right. Kent? No. Kids can't relate to Jonathan Kent. They're great characters. I like right. them. Right. But they're not of, like the kid that lives next door for certain. Speaking of Spidey, though, this 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 news, this casting news, and everything of this of potentially putting doing a live action Spider Verse, I'm okay with all of it as long as it gets us to a live action Miles. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Miles Morales in the live action. Sure, if sure. we can get a live action Miles Morales, I'm I'm down. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like. It seems like Sony is is of the mindset that they made so much money of into the Spider-Verse that your Miles mm-hmm. is going to stay animated because that's how they want to market him now. I Which mean, we'll might see. not like, be a bad already, idea for them. I don't know. I would already, love it. They basically referenced him in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Because Donald Glover played... Uh, Miles' Aaron, uncle, Aaron Davis, right? Aaron yeah. Davis, right? Although that dude um, was And then not he says, the you know, my nephew goes to school around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, he mean, was, I mean, he's the, in in name. He's the yeah. he's the character. It was not um, Prowler. <laughs> but yeah, but the Prowler, the Prowler's Hobie Brown, supposedly. Well, oh yes, originally the Prowler, yeah. the Prowler is Hobie Brown. Right. We're talking um, about an Ultimate Prowler. <laughs> uh, what what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, and the Spider Man video game, the Spider Man PS4 game, mm-hmm. uh, proved that they can introduce Miles in a great way without having to lean on the multiverse. Sure. So if they want Miles to show up, they Ooh, don't have to jump they through these hoops. Um, he was just uh, he was just a kid in New York, uh, who uh, is, um, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but I guess if you're never going to play, spoil a three year old video game, I think we're fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm trying to remember exactly how he shows up. JD, but, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna mute you just because we got some other peeps waiting, and Joe is gonna finish this story. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, buddy. Um. Yeah, his dad is killed at an event. Uh. And you know, there he's kind of forced to help some people save lives, and he runs across Mary Jane, and and then right. he meets Peter, and uh. Then there's this whole plot where he stumbles upon the spider at Oscorp and gets powers. It's a whole it, thing. It's a whole thing. It's I mean, it's basically his origin from the comic. Yeah. Except that they're in the same universe. Like would, it's like I would much rather the, they do that than they have like some multiversal yeah. thing where he's like, Well, I was Spider Man in a cartoon universe and now I'm a real boy or something. Like, well, no. I don't know if they don't No, that. don't do that. <laughs> Frank Cirillo, you are unmuted, sir. Talk to us. Hey, how are you guys today? Do, doing well. How good are you doing? Good. Good, good, good. Hey, I'm gonna my my answer is I'll, I'm gonna answer the question first, and then I'll blather on about something else. Do it. Um, so I've been reading uh, reading comics on Comicsology a lot. You know, I, I just I downloaded. Uh, I've been reading what is it, The Immortal Hulk, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, so far. Oh, it's, uh, it doesn't. It I, doesn't let up. It gets great. better and better. Yeah, it's really really amazing. The other thing I, I downloaded recently was uh, Werewolf by Night. It's like an entire collection. The one that uh, Mike Plug did yeah. back in the seventies. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> they're so good. I remember <laughs> reading that first issue. It was my uncle had it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was like you know early seventies. I used to go to my grandmother's house a lot. My uncle had a stack a small stack of comic books, um, which is probably why I'm like a manic collector now. It's like I just wanted. I read every comic book he had. Sure, and one of them was that episode that issue of uh werewolf by night with the first appearance and it was like i just had to get i just had i I wanted it so bad i just like i wanted to read it again and reading through 
the first issue, I was like, I remember this. I remember every single page. I remember the face of the werewolf. It's like etched into my brain. <laughs> That's awesome. it, it was so good. It was just, I mean, the story's okay, but you know, the, the art was I mean, amazing. let's be honest. The stories were bad. Marvel horror at the time. <laughs> no, here's yeah. what I liked about it. As a kid, I was like, oh yeah. man, I'm reading something scary and it's not even that scary. I must be tough, right. you know? And then right. you go back right. and you read it and you're like, this is garbage. <laughs> it, it really was, it really was not good, but no. the, the artwork was phenomenal. You know, I just loved, I loved Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Plug's artwork. And I, I was, I would draw that werewolf all the time yeah. as a kid. I would, I would like just draw it. I must have the comic around someplace. I don't know. It's got, it's, I gotta go. I, I've got 13 or 14 long boxes upstairs that I've got to, I've got to reorganize at some point. Cause they're I, just, I mean, they're, they're just a mess. I've got like, a pretty broken run of it. I like, I have the first seven issues and then it gets spotty after that. I do oh, love wow. those comics, but how, how excited are you for next week's werewolf by night written by taboo from the black eyed peas? Are you, are you pretty fired up? About I have this or? no idea. I, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Next week. <laughs> I feel like wow, I'm, I'm I'll check it out. I don't that feel like Marvel's cool. giving it a lot of fanfare, so we'll see what they've got in store for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'll check. Listen, I'll check it out. I, I love, I love werewolves. Werewolves have always been my. Everybody was like, when everyone was like, "Oh, I want to be a vampire," I'm like, "Nah, I'd rather be a werewolf. It's kind of cooler." Yeah, werewolves um, rule, man. I love werewolves. They are. They're I really. Do, I, I really not, do love werewolves. Although not I, I, a lot of great werewolf movie. movies out there. There just isn't. Mm, they, yeah, there's a couple of really great ones, but yeah, like I still think the Howling is like one of my favorite. I love like, the Howling werewolf movies. Love the Howling. American Every Werewolf one, in London is really that good. one. Phenom- that was fantastic, actually. Yeah. It's really well done. It, um, Every other Howling movie after the first one is garbage. Oh, they're terrible. That first one, so good. Now the third one, I do completely love. It's so bad. Mar- <laughs> Wait, with the marsupials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it was terrible. <laughs> so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. I, and I've watched every one of those. At one point, um, I, I wish I could say, I wish I could say I did it during like quarantine. But at one point, I watched every movie that was that had a basis in any of the like Lovecraftian mythos. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there was one out there There's that's really good. Them, by that, the way. That is amazing. It was done as a silent movie. And I want to say it was done in like 2000 and it was done. Would you stop making noises? please? <laughs> <laughs> you makes it even spookier. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, if you get a chance, it's probably either on YouTube or Netflix. It's not long at all. It's like 45 minutes tops. Okay. And, and it's a, and it's a black and white done in a style that was what would have been done in the silent movie era. Okay. So they, they use all these stage tricks and they use all of these um, like and it, and they just, you know, the 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 organ music and you're the, killing me. What's the, the title? Cards. What's the title? I don't remember. It's it's ah. called uh, the it's it's uh, Call of Cthulhu. Oh, it's, it's called Call of Cthulhu. Call of yeah. Cthulhu. OK. Yes. Yes. I'm looking for it right and now. It, and it's probably one of the best ones I've seen adaptions I've seen of something like that because it was just done in in like as if it was being made in like 1936 2005 got it yeah yeah oh totally yeah. oh man this yeah. is fun yeah I have to watch this yeah I'm gonna drop a yeah, link in the it. Facebook it, chat it's, so it's you guys can long. check it it's out it's definitely worth watching there um, it is I, I want I want to react a little bit to the news of uh of the static static shock i'm so excited for that because i i would regularly as an adult in my 20s 
I guess, or 30s. I would watch that show every single weekend. It was a good show. Yeah, it was like, and it was during a time when the DC cartoons were not great either. It was like that time post, you know, Batman animated series and pre- like Justice League Unlimited, where yes. DC cartoons were like just sort of floundering. But Static it was just Shock sort of yeah. there. Static late Shock 90s, was Static solid, Shock would have been late 90s. Yeah, that- okay, so late 90s, I would have been like in my early 30s maybe or late 20s, I don't remember. Is it streaming on HBO uh, Max right now? I have no idea. I haven't looked. I have, I've, I've got a. I've got, I haven't logged into HBO Max because Max because it's my dad's account and it like regularly logs me out oh. because I'm. Um, it's yeah. So I just got a lot. I just haven't logged in in a while. I did watch. Oh, it's one of the, speaking of things on HBO Max. I did watch all of uh, Doom Patrol, which uh, that last episode. I was like, that's it. Wait a minute. What? Wonderful. Wait, what? It's wonderful. <laughs> Static Shock is streaming on Amazon yeah. Prime for some reason. Ooh. Uh, oh, it's wow. also the first season is also on DC Universe. Okay. Okay. For now. There you go. It's okay. It needs a battery. It needs to be charged. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. All right. Leave, just leave it. The battery needs to be charged. I'll charge the battery. Thank you. Go, oh, go uh, Harvey Locust. Right. Harvey Locust chimes in and says Ginger Snaps is a great werewolf movie. I don't know Ginger Ooh. Snaps. I'll have to check that I out. I haven't heard that about that one. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I, I love werewolf movies are my favorite. Or, or like my favorite. Well, werewolves are my favorite thing. Um, old vampire movies from the... Uh, from the 80s are I, I love the cheesiness about them yeah you know most definitely like the lost boys and dude fright one night. with fright night is such a oh, great fright night movie. yes fright, fright night is great and yes. fright one night of the best two things about fright night is complete garbage don't watch fright night two. <laughs> oh no fright night two is awful I, I i made that mistake um but but fright night fright night has the one of the best scenes in it and it's all done off camera where the vamp where jerry just tells the kid is yeah i just trashed your mustang yeah and you never see it. You never see it happen. But yeah. it's like, it's like, oh man. And, uh, you know, and the, and the, and his friend going, Bruce, I'm like, oh my God. Stan Winston creepy. did all the effects in that movie. And like, they're gross. It's gnarly, man. Yeah. When the friend oh, yeah. dies mm-hmm. and he's got the stake in his heart and he's crying and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God. Yes. Yes. And the death of the Love vampire it. in the end where he like turns into mm-hmm. the giant bat creature thing oh my god and it's it like so the sun is burning it it still holds up it is fantastic it's, yeah i love that it movie. really does it really does it is probably one of the top like five vampire movies oh yeah i love it ever made frank the you know? fright night uh, the fright night remake is surprisingly good it was great is it, it the yeah, we, all, we all went out. as a great. we all went as a group for occasional guest host dave demarco's uh bad movie birthday yeah and okay it, and uh <laughs> we were like all right let's bring on this piece of shit and it was actually really good. It was great. We all left and we were like, well, God damn it. That nice. was a good movie. We failed. Yeah. And <laughs> so. David Tennant, uh, David Tennant plays the uh, uh, Roddy McDowell character. But it, yeah, instead oh, really? of, but instead oh, wow. of being but he's more like, like a Chris Angel. Yeah. He's like, a, ah. he's like a Las Vegas strip, like magician who yeah. like actually does have some powers, but just would use them to get rich and like have sex with hot bitches. You know, <laughs> he's great. All right, Frank, I'm going to oh, mute you. We got All right, people guys. in line. Good to talk to you, man. All right. Take it easy, Frank. David Robbins, I'm asking to unmute you, sir. We would love to hear what you have to say. Good morning, gentlemen. There he is. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are we? Uh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Uh, first thing, I do want to agree with Ginger Snaps on being a great werewolf uh, flick. Uh, they made a couple of them. Um, the first two I know for a fact are, are good. The, the third one does a tremors kind of thing where it's like a hundred years in the past oh boy 
So like, I, I haven't seen that one, so I can't really speak on that one. It's a Canadian horror film, and it looks like two little girls that turn into werewolves. Is uh, that it? Sisters. Oh, sisters uh, that turn into werewolves. And in the first one, it's one of the sisters, and the other one is helping her like deal with it. Okay. I've never so heard of this. I'll have to watch this. It's it's great. Um, it really is. Okay, then. I'm in. So all right. So a couple of things and then uh, question of the week. Um, First of all, the Spider-Man casting news, uh, the the rumors with Andrew and Toby and all that. Right. I'm I'm okay with it if it's a small multiverse kind of thing. And then we get back to. Uh, Tom Holland and introducing Miles. Totally agree. But what I would, what I would really like to see in it is give me an Emma Stone as an alternate universe Gwen uh, Spider Gwen. I kind of doubt you're going to get Emma Stone. You know what? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> that would though. be cool. I'd be okay with it. You know, <laughs> I'd be all right with it. Like I don't think we're gonna, I don't think we're gonna see it either. But yeah. I would love to. Yeah. There, there's so many, just, there's but, aspects of it that, yeah, I'm very interested in, but I just have no cachet whatsoever for Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I don't. The movies are fine, but I don't like seeing them in the costume or seeing them showing up as Peter Parker. I would feel nothing. I think this is a long game by Marvel to make all of their character properties part of the same continuity mm. so that they can say, yeah, this is all real. And people can't just say, yeah, I don't have to buy this movie or own this movie anymore because it's not part of the history. It's not part of the continuity. God, what a cash I grab. Think, that, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's a long game to make sure, make the people say everything counts. That's almost evil. <laughs> I just, I, I keep going back to this thought that it strikes me as so odd that Sony would be basically copying DC's multiverse plan. Yeah. I, that, but also on the face of it with no other information to go off of it, all, it seems very similar to something they've already done with into the spider verse. It's yeah. so like, why would you copy yourself and your competitor? Yeah. And like into the spider verse was handled in a way where they went into like some deep kind of comic book stuff that nerds know about and made it very approachable for audiences. And it was wonderful. So yeah. now doing the same thing, but going into like movies that Sony owns, speaking of which Sony owns all those movies. So maybe this is just Sony flexing their muscles and not Marvel at all. Well, we know that it's Sony. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is like, I, I I agree with you, Joe, that I don't think Marvel would make a plan like that. Now, Sony, I don't trust those yahoos at all. <laughs> sure. No, I, I, think I, part, I think it's part of Marvel's long, long game plan to have underlying stuff when they get Spider-Man back. I think it's I think this is a very, very long game. Maybe. Well, I mean, but the thing is, though, is that Marvel Studios is not making this movie. That's yeah, they are, they're involved. That's why I think it's more of a Sony strong arm, maybe long yeah, game to so be like, I don't know. Look I what just, we did. It just, it, we got it a all universe just makes now, me, bro. <laughs> yeah. It all just makes me think that there's more to this news than it, than appears just based on the one headline. Yeah. So I, I think we just need to, we need more info. We need this to unfold a little bit more and, uh, and actually try to f- see what their plan is. Um, but also, like I said earlier, there's no reason to believe it will be bad. 
No. Even if we're not necessarily excited about the no. idea, it, there's no reason to believe it would be bad. They've already knocked it out of the park twice. Unless this is a way that Sony goes, boom, universe, we did it. We don't need Marvel anymore. Screw you. You can't have Spider-Man in your movies anymore. We don't need it. Spider-Man's in our movies now. Sony uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> but also, if does this mean that Tobey Maguire, uh, since Benedict Cumberbatch is in it, does this mean that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man worlds are in the MCU continuity? Not when Sony pulls them out and says, nope, boom, he got barfed out of it. And there's a like a brief three minute scene in Doc Strange three where Spider Man's like, no, I have left the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I am trapped in the Sony Spider Verse. Spider three, Spider three. So, uh, Sony's <laughs> three. Uh, Sony's universe of Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah the yeah. official title. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I, David, I don't know. I don't know what to think. It's just plain weird yeah well i mean this is what we do is we get a tiny little bit of information and then we speculate for six months and find right. out that we were 180 degrees wrong it's so true it's so true yeah. i made a comment earlier in their show about nerds freaking out about 5g for no reason yeah. but that's yeah. what we do i would still argue yeah. all my fan fiction scripts are better than anything that they write so i mean yeah and you can find those under map bomb spider-man fanfic <laughs> uh, it's livejournal.com yeah, yeah, slash yeah. Yobo <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Question of the week. Question of the week. Um, so earlier this year, uh, when everything started, um, I needed real comfort food. So I re binge watched West Wing nice. because you're hearing Aaron yeah. Sorkin dialogue just makes me happy. Okay. Did you um, watch the HBO special this week? I absolutely did. Oh I my God. One o'clock in the morning. So Thursday fucking good. It, it was, a, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> they nailed it. They nailed it. Oh my it. God. It I was mean, good. And Richard Schiff like looks the same. Yeah. Like it's poor Toby, Toby is Toby is Toby. And yeah. that I, I, I love him as an, I love that whole cast. I think Sterling K Brown did a great job, you know, filling in as that role. He was great. He, yeah. We love John Spencer, but we can't have John Spencer. And I just, I think it was great. I really do. It was so good. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, let me, Matt made a comment about it on Twitter, but Dulé Hill with a beard looking yep. pretty sexy. He was hot, man. <laughs> God damn, Dulé. <laughs> well, if, uh, if you ever watched Psych, you, you like Dulé is fantastic on that show. I it's, love it's Psych awesome. so much. It's, it's one so of good. my favorite shows ever yeah. made. Um, um, so, yeah. So my, my, you know, I, I watched West Wing. I found myself going down a YouTube hole. Um, you were talking, uh, uh, JD was talking about uh, TikToks. Um, I found D&D compilation or D&D TikTok compilations on YouTube, which have been just amusing. I didn't know that um, was a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like out. there's a big D&D contingent on TikTok that really? makes like ridiculous, like silly videos of this is like the like this is your party reacting to this and it's it's a lot of it, it's silliness um that went down to old uh vine compilation videos and and watching those and just <laughs> being amused at things oh vine but what <laughs> but what i've really got finally gotten into after like la by night i've talked about before and you know the replays on there i finally started critical role uh, and, and watching all those on on youtube uh and i have not I, watched those i've i've heard i should I love it. It's a commitment, right? It is an absolute commitment because there is so many episodes and they are all three to four hours a piece because they are a D and D session. Right. No, thank you. Right. But I'm out. I, 
I, so I do a lot of data entry at work. That's mostly what I do. So I have, I have headphones on and I, I listen to them while they're playing. Yeah. And, um, I kind of put a finger on why it's been my comfort food. And that's because I don't get to be in a room with my friends right now. Sure. Um, you know, I've played, uh, you know, I, I've D and D every couple of weeks over zoom and you know, that kind of thing. And it, it's, it's fine, but I don't get to go to the bar for karaoke with my friends. I don't get yeah. to go and hang out and watch a movie. I don't get to do that. So by watching critical role, I get to be on the a fly on the wall of these eight people like enjoying the hell out of each other's company right. and playing a game. Right. It's like we, we try to be your like digital comic shop talk where like you can show exactly. up and, and yell at nerds every Saturday and whatever, because we can't do a lot of that right now. And I feel like yeah. the adventure zone the same way. That's a podcast I yes. listen to when I'm working I'm, or I'm, I'm doing I'm something. 100% current on adventure zone. I love it. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's just like, Oh yeah, man, I, I like gaming and this is sort of like, you know, just cheating and listening to gaming. <laughs> like that's actually yeah. funny, you know? And no, I totally hear you. I just, I've never watched the show, but I've heard it's wonderful. It's, it, it is an absolute commitment. And it, but the storytelling, Matt Mercer is a fantastic DM yeah. and I'm just learning more about the game itself by watching them play. I'm learning how the, the actions versus bonus actions. I'm learning concentration spell. I'm like, I'm learning. That's cool. All of that's those really mechanics. Cool. Action surge. The action surge. Absolutely. I'm, I'm learning all those mechanics that I haven't had the time to sit down and read the player's handbook to get a handle on yet. That is one thing that I think these real play, like good real play podcasts and good real play YouTube shows have done is raised the bar for DMing and storytelling quite a bit. As opposed to just like, all right, we're going to run through this adventure and I'm just going to read you the stuff, whatever. Like yeah. getting wacky with it and shaking shit up. Like I, I really like that aspect of it. Um, I, there isn't a whole lot of it. It's gotta be good. I can't, I've got to be entertained. I've got to laugh. Otherwise I can't really listen to them, but you know, uh, critical role will absolutely get you laughing. Um, Travis Willingham, they, they're all voice actors, which makes it great because right. they all talk in character voice too, which is, was, which is great. Um, Travis Willingham, who actually did the voice of Kingpin in the Spider-Man game, uh, uh -huh. is playing Goliath bar, uh, barbarian. Oh, nice. And that's so, fun. That's fun. Like, the entire cast, is, like Ashley Johnson was on Blind Spot, and she's the girl at the end of uh, Avengers who says, Captain America saved oh, yeah, me. She's Chrissy from Growing Pains. Oh, she, yeah, really? She, is, she's one of the, she plays a gnome cleric. Um, oh, no shit. Uh, Laura, Laura Bailey was uh, Mary Jane in the Spider-Man game. She's playing a uh, half-elf ranger. Cool. Um, That's neat. Kravitz. I didn't know that they were celebrities. They're all they're all voice actors. They're all celebrity. Talison Jaffe, um, uh, uh, Sam Regal. They're they're all voice actors who are doing anime and they're on Dragon Ball and they're on Full Metal Alchemist and they're on uh, like just anything that you have watched animated with voiceover. There's probably somebody that has worked on the show that's in that's on Critical Role. So you're gonna hear them and you're gonna recognize it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. So they, they do character voices and they, they get in character and they do more than just role play. And they're actually having, or they do more than just roll dice and take actions. They're actually having character scenes with it, which is my favorite part that's about fun. an RPG. Yeah. And which fun. is why I keep going back to LA by night, which I love so much because yes, there are, are game mechanics in there, 
but they actually do the character work. They do the interaction, the scenes between the characters. All right, I'll watch it. God damn it, David. Thanks. Great. Now I got sorry, something you, else. I got started, a shotgun. <laughs> you started You started appreciating how much the world of vampire sucks and how much, like, not the world sucks, but the, just being a vampire sucks. Right, right. You, you get an aspect of that in LA by night because it's just constantly, we have to deal with this now and right. we have to deal with this now. And the character work from the four main cast members and then the other people they pull in is great. Okay, drop a link to both of those in the chat on Facebook. So we have that. Absolutely. Awesome. Good to talk to you, brother. Good too. Bye, David. Jason Sachs has been waiting patiently. Apologize, sir. I'm asking to unmute you. Uh. You have been unmuted, Jason Sachs. Mm. Are you with us? You know I've been patient. Maybe I've just been like sitting here. Uh, 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 let me say something. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm an author. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to say that. Do you know who I am? Okay. Uh, like, just the other day, I was researching uh, something for the show and I was on, I can't even remember what it was now. And I was on Wikipedia and going through and it's like cited Jason Sachs, author of the American comic. And I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's Wikipedia. So, you know, whatever, but. I wrote my name. <laughs> I wrote my name in there too. I edited been, it. It was like I've inspired by Matt Bomb. I've been waiting for somebody to make us a Wikipedia page for years. <laughs> Let's just make a big fake Shout one. Out. That'd be awesome. Shout out, listeners. Do you hear? <laughs> Jason, what, what did you actually want to wrap Wait, up? Wait, I want them to make it happen, but I want it to be full of factual errors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, but believable kind of factual about mine too. Like, don't say that like we were stuntmen or something. Like, believable ones. Like, kindergarten teacher, Matt Baum, first met, you know. Matt <laughs> <laughs> famous for his laziness. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, things like that. <laughs> that time Joe ran for mayor, you know, like, shit like that. <laughs> so this is kind of a frustrating episode because, like, everyone's got something to check out. Everyone's talking about their binges, and I'm like, I know, my, yeah, this is like ridiculously long. I know, and I was like super excited for this, and now I'm like, God damn it, I'm never going to get to all this stuff. Look, okay, I'm, make it I'm work. sorry, I'm not gonna be jumping into a uh, four hour per episode long uh, anything, so <laughs> I'm safe from that one. What I do you make it worse for you? Do it, do it. So, my binge has been I've been watching. Science fiction, horror, fantasy, and post-apocalypse movies made between 1950 and 1965. Nice. Did you reason why I'm doing that, which we can go off on as a tangent if you want? It sounds like you Uh, randomly generated this category and you're like, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes, because it has to do with another site I do work for sometimes. And um, it's this bizarre fascinating wonderful project anyway i've watched 51 movies now oh my Holy cow. god give us okay give us a best and a worst of what you watched so far okay so um well here's the thing so you you start watching a lot of movies and you realize who you are as a person right and what i mean by that is like i keep finding all these obscure movies and i love these obscure movies so, like, one of the things I discovered was a Soviet-Russian movie made about 1962 okay. that takes place in Argentina is about, like, the glory of life. It's called Amphibian Man. It's about a rich scientist who teaches his son to live in the ocean. Yeah, had me on the title. <laughs> and it's, like, this 
beautiful, wonderful movie that's just like completely full of life. It's just this incredible flick. And, um, you know, it's, it's as obscure as can be. I mean, who would expect a Russian movie to be about Argentina? It's got women salsa dancing and it yeah. takes place in a beautiful village and stuff. Um, it's been incredible. And it would be remade as The Shape of Water. Little yes, known fact. Actually, I don't know if you guys knew that. Apparently, like, <laughs> an actual influence on The Shape of Water. No kidding. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it, I'm guessing, but... And, doesn't hurt that it was in Argentina, you know, and <laughs> that sounds uh, awesome. So the the best best of them all um, actually was a uh, the nineteen the the original Manchurian Candidate. The original Manchurian Candidate. Ah. So the movie The Manchurian Candidate. They remade it with Denzel Washington. Oh no! Okay, I thought you were telling me that the original Manchurian Candidate was a remake of something even earlier. That I, no, okay. Uh, so that came out in like 1962. That's incredible. Yeah, it's an amazing. Lawrence movie. Harvey, Janet Leigh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, it's like the darkest, bleakest horror movie ever made. It's just amazing. Until we lived through the current administration and learned that, like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I would vote for the Manchurian candidate. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> uh, another great one was, okay, I'm going to go really obscure too, because like Dr. Strange loves a great movie and really say, worth yeah. watching. So far you've been pretty mainstream with this, Jason. I mean, come on, can we dial it up a little bit here? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, yeah, so far you've been pretty mainstream with all your picks. Can we dial it up a little right. bit here? Um, <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a classic. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so good. Um, it came from outer space. Yes. Awesome. Love that movie. Uh, the Ray Harryhausen movies, like Jason and the Argonauts and the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Oh, yeah. Are just the best, most fun movies ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of my favorite like animated on-screen monsters to this date. They fucked me up as a kid. It's just like, ugh, I need that. I need moving skeletons. I need giant cyclops ape thing. Like, oh my god, it's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Ray Harryhausen. Oh, so good. The most amazing stress release movies ever. Oh yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> you don't have to think about shit. Just turn your head off, and the music's great, and it swells through all these films. That's back when like they just had like, all right, bring in the creepy orchestra and the guy with the uh, what's what's the the wand you put your hand by and woo, 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 the conduct the oh theremin, theremin. Yeah. yeah you know <laughs> God I love them and there's like there's YouTube channels that just play nonstop streams of the soundtracks. And it's like, uh -huh. like horror soundtracks of the 50s or sci-fi soundtracks of the 50s. It's wonderful to go to sleep to. They're great. Like, although every once in a while you wake up and be like, <laughs> like what, what was that? <laughs> well, that sounds wonderful. I got to check I that out. Yeah, they're really cool. Check them out, please. Jason, thank you for all the bizarre movie suggestions. And that is not totally bizarre, but like some of them are pretty deep. I'm going to find... That the amphibian man that's the title amphibian man um a couple others uh along those lines the man in the white suit starring alec guinness 1950 british movie okay um Ooh. this guy creates a suit that uh invents a thread that can't be destroyed and can't be can't get dirty and it's secretly about um class relations in england post-war about uh kind of like the rise of socialism in england Oh, and it's very, very sympathetic toward it. It's just this wonderful, odd flick. 
Okay. Interesting. You have to drop some of these into the chat on Facebook, please. Otherwise, we're going yeah, to forget I will for them. sure. All right. I know I'm going on and on. Uh, worst one, uh, which is still like actually pretty good, is Yungari, Monster of the Deep. I love Yungari. Oh, my God. Godzilla. Yeah. It was a Korean like monster house that was like, all right, Toho, you've got a giant monster. Check out our giant monster. <laughs> it's bad. But the soundtrack kicks ass. It's so great. Like everything that you love about weird, bizarre, like there was something about Godzilla movies specifically in, in the, you know, f- late fifties, sixties going into the seventies, even where they were like, well, we don't want our monster movies to sound scary per se. Uh-huh. We want them to sort of sound like bizarre Rogers and Hammerstein musicals. And young Gary is just like nuts. They're like, all right, you got that. We're going to go with this like sixties garage rock band. <laughs> like to do uh-huh. like the soundtrack. It's like swinging and kind of cool, baby. Me, you know, like, it's so weird. Well, that's the thing. It's a terrible movie. It's actually really incredibly yeah, fun. It's super fun. And they and like, it's one of those movies. They made it with zero budget, nothing dude Girl. in a suit, knocking down, you know, like buildings made of cardboard and stuff. It, Oh, I love that stuff. I can't get enough of it. So good. Jason, good to talk to you, man. We're going to move along here to some other peeps we have in line, but it's always nice to talk to you. Drop some of those in the chat. I'm serious. Otherwise, we're going to forget them. All right. Let's get rid of that guy. Thanks, Jason. (laughs) Let's get to Brian Domingos. Are you there, sir? I've asked to unmute you. There he is. I'm here. There he is. Hello, hello. Speak to us. How are we today? Good. What's going on, guys? We're just, we were just talking about uh, Korean monster movies. Giant. Yeah, I don't know any. I don't know anything about those. The only thing I know is that like, not a lot of good um, ones. I'll be honest. (laughs) That, that planetary issue with the Japanese monsters. That's about all I know. That's my history. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was good. Uh, Knowing what, what, uh, you know, Godzilla and Godzuki. That's about where my, uh, I love, uh, I love that, uh, winter brothers song, you know, young, young, young Gary. That's not funny. And it was Edgar winners. Not the Winter Brothers. It was the Edgar Winter Group, right? That's, yeah, not no. the Winter Brothers. Who are the Winter Brothers? <laughs> Aren't there two of them? No, it's just Edgar Winter. I thought there was another one because they wrote comics. They, I mean, there might he might have a brother, but they didn't call it the Winter Brothers. That was the name of the band. All right, all right. <laughs> move, <laughs> move along. Brian Amigos, what do you want to talk about? Is this the... Is this is this the Edgar Werner's uh, podcast? Is that what I called him by? Yeah, the it's the it's the it's the Edgar cast. Didn't Edgar Winter get like accused of the like weird like child porn or something like that or touching kids? Was that him or am I thinking of Gary Glitter? That's a good rumor. I might I be know. thinking of Gary. I think rumor. I'm thinking of Gary oh, Glitter. Gary Glitter, yes. Yeah, Gary Glitter. I think one or the other. Uh, yeah, Edgar and Gary Johnny Glitter. Winter. Yeah. There are two Winter brothers. Yeah, but they didn't call the band the Winter Brothers. Yes, I got it. Edgar was famous. Point was Johnny, made. Was, Johnny was riding that guy's coattails. Give me a break. What did Johnny ever do? <laughs> uh, there is nothing in his Wikipedia article about any sort of scandal. Okay, Gary Glitter, then, is who I was thinking of. But we'll get to pedophilia mm-hmm. cast next week. Right now. <laughs> yeah, that's our, that's our pedo cast. <laughs> We've got Brian Domingos here. What did I'll you want read, to wrap about? I'll read more about... I'll, I will read more about that on your uh, Wikipedia page, I guess. Yes. Uh, your, uh, yeah. Coming, Coming soon, your, uh, apparently. Your, uh, your, your Pederast uh, spinoff. That was podcast. our little note. That's uh, how we got started in um, the business with our Pederast mm-hmm. <laughs> podcast that morphed into two-headed mm-hmm. nerd. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Pederast cast. 
You should just pull the plug, Joe. That's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, good night, <laughs> um, good night <laughs> viewers. We'll talk to you next week. Because <laughs> that's the funniest joke you're going to hear this whole episode. Wow. Better ask. <laughs> my, um, my daughter has been watching, she's almost four, um, Animaniacs. And um, she loves like all the, uh, they meet Pablo Picasso and they say, oh, he yeah. says, you've got pee-pee on your smock. And she is like, <laughs> fell, fell out of her seat, like laying on the floor. And, that, and everything is like pee pee on your shirt. Um, They're coming you know, back, also, by the way. You know, the pianist. And oh, well, that's what made me look at I was like, all right, I know that. Oh, let me go on Hulu and, and uh, refresh my memory a little bit. Um, but yeah, new Animaniacs it's coming a, very a soon. Cartoon. Excited. Did you see Did you see the trailer for the new one? Yeah. The Jurassic Park homage? It was great. It was incredible. It was great. <laughs> Those don't look like reruns to me. <laughs> It was a little bit like, like I was like, wow, they put a lot of effort into this. All right. Like, yeah. Really got like, do you didn't, I don't think it, they needed to do that much, you know, like it, they could have just done half of that and people would have been like, Oh, that's good. Instead. Uh, they went full bore into new animation yeah, they style. And, and they got that. Steven Spielberg to actually voice Steven Spielberg, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> it, it's such, it's not, I don't want to talk about Animaniacs forever, but it's such a weird thing where it's like, like even like the Bill Clinton saxophone thing, like it's so like 1992. Oh it's yeah, just like this is that world. And oh yeah, everything is like very, like the references. I'm like, my kids are watching. I was like, they don't know who like any of these people are. They don't know who. Yeah. Um, it, uh, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers cartoons were always notorious for making the most obscure political and entertainment references in children's cartoons, uh, even all the way up to the 90s, where it's like. Kids do not know who Prince is. Kids do not right. know. You know like, <laughs> they definitely don't understand what joke you just made about fingerprints. That's uh, but that's not the point. It's funny. The adults and, well, but watching. then like even the, like the old classic ones, it's like, yeah, we're walking through a restaurant and there are caricatures of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. It's right. like, <laughs> what fucking year is this? And how old are the kids watching this? Well, but again, it was yeah. for the adults watching too. It was for everybody. Yeah, yes, but like the Warner Brothers, they've always done that yeah. kind of shit. Um, but Steven Spielberg produced the original Animaniacs, yes. and he's coming back uh, for this one. And so it's no surprise that he jumped in there, said a couple lines. He loves I thought it. it was great. Yeah, he he was he was you know he'd pop in it from time to time. I remember those. Um, yeah, they, they they just have that joke in like the theme song about a pay for a pay or play contract, and pay, it's like pay or pay <laughs> one fucking eleven year old kid knows. I was like, yeah. "Do what that is?" And they're like, "What?" Like, it's like I I only learned where that was when I was like twenty five. Right? Was yeah. Because like, how would you know? Like it's you know what ten year old is even even though the movie would not have been that old at the time. What ten year old is at home after school watching Animaniacs and understands? A Goodfellas reference. Oh yeah, right. like yeah, the Good Feathers, but it didn't matter. Yes. They were funny. Like that's what all that matters is it's funny. Yeah, and it hits. Ev- um, you're hitting yeah. everybody. You know, you're getting the kids with the wacky stuff, and they're watching a cartoon. And the parent in the room turns and goes, "Is that like a Steve Buscemi character? Like, like what is going on that, here? That guy, why is that pigeon talking like Joe Pesci? Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they all got Joe Pesci face. Totally. Um, yeah, so um, that's a fun show to binge if you're if you're looking for a, a quarantine because you know because we're still in you know some sort of 
pandemic quarantine. Maybe mode, you are. Right? I've turned the corner on this disease. I've beaten it. In fact, you're okay. Are, yeah, I've never are felt you better. Invincible? I've never yeah. felt better. He he doesn't know. He might be immune. I he was, feels the best he's felt yeah, in 20 years. I was going to do this Superman thing, but Joe poo pooed it. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a, um, not to get political, but what a fucking disgrace. Yeah. Um, well, you know, <clears throat> yeah, no, I don't think, I think that's a universal truth. Yeah. I think so too. That, that's what it's going to say in, in a caption in a future history book. Um, what a fucking disgrace. Um, I just got a, um, for comic purposes, I just got a massive, uh, my September pre-order, uh, just came in, um, of all the, all the things that I pre-ordered and it's full of like 11 graphic novels and trade paperbacks. And I Ooh. have been so like looking for things to read. And now I've got this big stack that's going to last me probably three months. What'd you get? Um, What'd you get? What'd you get? Um, I got the, well, a bunch of, uh, like the recent DC things, uh, like the doom patrol way to the worlds, uh, the constant, the Hellblazer, the first volume, great. um, the it's new so, Lucifer trade. So great. And canceled, I think. Um, basket of heads and Lolo woods. Uh, basket yeah, of heads, basket is, of heads, basket is, heads is so much fun. I finally caught up on it and God, it's great. It's so good. I, I think, I think of the artist who is phenomenal, does a lot, a little bit of the heavy lifting in some places. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Because it gets a little like meandery, but like the artist is so great and the coloring is great. And it's like, it just like buttons. It's like, it starts with a good story. The art is phenomenal. And then like, it wraps up with like, yeah, that story was good. Like, it's just, a, it, it's a good overall package. Yeah. Um, and like the uh, art design for these books is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the Hill House books were really slick. They 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 looked great. A lot of them were really fun. Um, Do we have confirmation that, that they are gone? That that's done? Yeah, I don't think any of that's happening anymore. Yeah, um, I think they ended. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was another phase of them. You know, like I, I there's so uh, many. So like, they they ended. They had natural conclusions. Hopefully, yeah. I got you. Um, that's good. There I are guess. so many like great um, Vertigo imprints from the time like those vertigo crime books were like unbelievably great yeah um and they just kind of came out and people are like oh small black and white graphic novels eh. yeah i don't care yeah it's like really like there's there's a a whole graphic novel drawn by chris samney yeah like nobody looked at like, nope you know he drew one right he did like a whole like i know you guys know but like there's like 150 pages of chris samney like straight like no superheroes just like him doing good comics. Call me when he draws um, Wolverine, bro. <laughs> Let's have another fail. Can you believe he and Mark Wade did Captain America and no one gave a shit? Yeah. Like nobody. And How it was that great. Like, it was, isn't that, if you were putting a dream team together, wouldn't you pick them? And they were like, yeah, yeah no one cares. It was great. No and it was up for awards and it didn't sell. <laughs> I think it was five issues. Before yeah. Another yeah. No, it was, it was before one of the, uh, last relaunches wasn't it i believe so i think it was right before empire yeah oh uh, no it would have been for it would have been longer than that it was uh it was I mean, uh, oh no, it no was I one meant, of, um let's see well, because it, it was was it secret empire maybe Remember the one that yes i think the, that, that's I think the environment right. the one that yeah. everyone turned on on marvel about so it was like, it would have been like some it was like one of the last story arcs of the run uh, that ended before they relaunched it with um, Todd Nahisi Coates. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just went nowhere. Yeah. Um, and I got the um, Slaughterhouse Five um, graphic novel that Ryan North and Albert Montes did. It was Ooh, fun. I want to read that real quick. Captain America by Wade and Samney, six ninety five through seven hundred. There it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What a, I mean, come on. I, don't we want that? Yeah, Shouldn't no doubt. Up, like, Absolutely. Yeah. Parallel to, to whatever other book is going on. And it's yeah. just made like, you know, by the way, it's guys, going to go out of print and no one's going to remember that it happened except for a comicsology sale at some point. By the way, all this stuff that we reference, I'm taking notes on it as far as like comics. And we have a section called required reading now in our show notes where you can go in so you can see these. You can go find them and read them and they're not just gone forever. So check that out. Good stuff. Yes. The, the number of times that I've had to go and be like, oh, you guys, you talked about some book yeah. and then I find it like. You know, it goes on a little reminder list on my phone. People started yelling um, at me I'll, about it. So I was like, yes, okay, we'll take notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's helpful. Yes. It's, you guys, you know, you cover a lot of material. And sometimes it's like, um, I'm, I, I like to keep one two-headed nerd in the chamber, you know, just in case, you, you know, something happens. You know, and you guys break, are break, break glass in case of emergency. Sure, mm-hmm, sure. I mm-hmm. get that. You know. Listen, you guys are at like almost, I don't know, 7,000 episodes, but there have been some, some hiatuses from here to, you know, <laughs> it's, true. So, you never you know, know. On, you never know it's on, true. on my, uh, you know, through my week, I like to, I like to always have one just in case, uh, you know, I need, I, I'm having a particularly bad day. Sure. I can uh, hop in and see what you guys are doing. Sure. In case Matt forgets he has to work that mm-hmm. day or in case Joe throws himself onto the ground and breaks his arm. Yeah. You know, things like that. <laughs> you, listen, you guys can't. I don't know if you mentioned on Wikipedia since you guys were stuntmen, and I think that ties directly into that. Uh, um, see, I told him to so. dial it down. Like, it just go with believable stuff. Like that time I was a cryptozoologist for two years or something. You know, yeah, don't, <laughs> that's much more believable than stuntman. Yeah, yeah. We sure. we weren't stuntmen, says a man in a wrist cast. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's hard. It, you, you, I'm going to believe what my eyes see, you know, and also what Wikipedia tells me. Fair enough. That's what I'm going to go with. Fair enough. That's how I've lived my entire life. That's a good policy. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Good policy. All right, Brian. Yeah. All, right. All right, guys. Good to yeah. talk Brian, to you, man. Have a great week. Yeah. Talk to you next week. I'm going to mute him and we're going to get to our final guest, Mr. Shonix, who I'm pretty sure is at work and I'm not sure what this guy is doing, but I hope his boss isn't paying attention, but I've... he is the boss. He is your manager B. Is he really? <laughs> Shonix, is Hello? it true? Are you the boss? Is this true? We have yeah, Sean. Sean is the boss. We had him for a second there. I don't know if he's still with us. Sean, are you with us? Hello? There he is. Sean. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. No, no, I am the boss. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you can be like I am the boss. So I wrote work, myself flunkies. off at 10 o'clock today. I'm going to play <laughs> podcast. All of you go back to work. <laughs> nope. Just worked a half day because I got to go in tomorrow. Oh, well, you know, that sucks. What do you want to rap about? Interesting stuff right here. Right. Right. <laughs> what that we're talking about. <laughs> um, Welcome to Grocery Cast. Yes. Grocery Cast, which has been really fun during all this stuff. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, you're on the front lines and we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Hey, and we had a hurricane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's been pretty, pretty, and we were like the only store open in Cedar Rapids. Oh, Jesus. So Joe might kind of know that's, what that's all kind of oh, like. That's, no, that's a lot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so anyway, it's been fun, but, uh, it's good to call in or zoom in. Yeah. I'm zooming in. I'm like the flash. You are. You're zooming. Um, but what I've been doing is I've been doing a lot of Legos, a lot oh, of Legos, nice. but, uh, G.I. Joe has come out with six inch figures and they've kind of did a retro line or they're three, seven, fives. They're pretty cool. Ooh. They're pretty. And then I was cool. bagging on G.I. Joe. So then I started watching the, the series again. Um, yeah, I, I, I still 
stand by how I feel. I so, love that dumb cartoon. Yeah, I, it's, I love it's, it. I still love it. It holds up for exactly what it is. Shipwreck gets so much play. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. He was relatable. Like, that's why. <laughs> Come on. How he know. was always hitting on everybody, like <laughs> well, all everybody. He was like this. Yeah, I mean, he was sort of like the Tom Selleck of the show. He was a sexy dude, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I have to say that anytime Bazooka and Alpine show up, I was in for those episodes. Oh, those two together, totally are great. Absolutely, Alpine because he had a dog. <laughs> That's why I love it. It was no, just Bazooka had a dog. No, Junkyard had Mutt. Yeah. No, no, sorry, had junkyard. junkyard. No, I Mutt always had got. Junkyard. I always got Mutt and Bazooka confused because the they junk- were both beautiful mustached men. Yes, they were. But one had a big 14. He his he was a bazooka man and he had like a, just a t-shirt on. I just right. dropped a link yeah. to those sense. I just dropped a link to those new G.I. Joe figures in the uh in the chat there. So. Yeah, but they're pretty insane they're for so the friggin- 6-inch line. They're so um cool. <laughs> and I don't know how the Gung Ho's hat stays on, but it stays on. It's, it's awesome. weird. It's totally awesome. Um but yeah, that's and I've been catching up on that and I did I did watch all of the boys, which I didn't read much of the comic book because visually I'm not into that kind of, I don't know, like violence. Okay. Sure. But, it does get, yeah, but it, I gotcha. It gets very good. But in a television standpoint, um, yeah, it's easier to take for me, I guess. Fair enough. Because <laughs> I can go, oh, that's all CGI. That's fake. But then I'm like, oh, someone drew that and they did it really good. Someone, like there's a weird creepiness to how good that's like the Avatar books always scared me because it looked really good, but those were some disturbing images. Well, yeah, yeah you know. it's, it's the gore is intense. Yeah, like where that's some referencing. There had to be. Uh, never mind. See, I, I don't get it. I'm uh, exactly the opposite. <laughs> I don't want to start uh, I'm exactly the opposite in this, where it's like gore in movies and tv and stuff i'm in 100 in i love gore i love gory horror movies down but like oh, yeah. super gore in comics for some reason i don't always need it i'm, I'm like that's a little much don't you think come on <laughs> you know like really really Look, I, it crossed. was a mistake for you to put this link in the chat because i am looking at these gi joe figures they and i'm feeling cool as friggin' hell I am feeling a, a certain kind of way about them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're super cool. Did they act a oh, red ninja? Why is he called Red Ninja? Why isn't he called generic, Night Creeper? Just generic character. Maybe they lost the rights to that character. I don't know. I can't tell you that. I, I, they, Night Creeper was not a licensed character. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody created by GI Joe. Maybe somebody bought him. I don't know. Yeah, it does say series GI Joe classified series Red Ninja action figure. I don't know. Uh, this Zartan. This Zartan is. All right. Okay. All right. That's Mo- moving on. That's moving on. Come on. <laughs> and I did kind of. I. 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 On comics, I've been. Uh, I check in on the big big two once in a while because i don't read much of their stuff but uh i did finish up the like the whole joker war and i have been reading three jokers okay which is real quick what did you think of the joker war because i finished it this week too well i came in okay (laughs) i came in like like right at the end like three issues oh well you missed quite a bit (laughs) yeah i did i'll say that but but it's what it's it's fun to sit back and like the whole ramp up and there was this 
I I did like the end. I did like. Yeah, I, I thought was they surprised by. Uh, I, I was surprised by landing. one of the characters. I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm not in the spoiler mode, but um, like Harley Quinn's was cool and everything, and that whole thing was neat. But then I'm just like, it just it's it's business as usual. Yeah. But there was there's just this vibe of old school. I don't know. It had that had that pre pre all this crap business era Batman to it. Yeah. I don't know. There was something about it that just felt right. That's um, what I've liked about I James Tinian's Batman. Reading in new, like the new 52 or whatever it's yeah. called anymore. James Rebirth. Tinian is writing a good, it's like if this were a bat story that came out before, I don't know, let's say it's a bat story that came out late nineties, early two thousands. We'd be like, this is a really good bat story. This is fun. Yeah. You know? And like, it, I think it's just overshadowed by all the bat crap that is going on yeah. right now at DC. And it's well, too bad. Cause it's good. I'm just tired of the Joker is my whole, is my thing. I like, I, I'm, I'm ready for the Joker to go away. I'm not tired of the Joker. A, a very long while. I'm tired of a him nice trying to make the Joker happen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and like, and DC is flooding the shelves with Joker books. Yeah. And, and it's all, it's like multiple versions, you yeah. know, like, and not in a three Jokers way. Like, there's the black, there's like three different black label jokers. Right. Yeah, exactly. The Jared Leto uh, jokers in this book. And man, is he sexy? <laughs> oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it's it just, I'm tired of him, but, um, I am kind of intrigued, uh, to see where it goes from here. Uh, because I flipped through the ending and I thought it set up a lot of fun ideas. Yeah. 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 It, I agree with that. It's um, been a good time. there were some nice things in there. Uh, but other than that, I've been, you know, I've tested the waters. I went over to Spider-Man for a little bit. That was nice. Uh, the art's been kind of cool. And this whole story with <laughs> with him and Norman, like, I don't know. I'm interested to read what I think the newest one came out this week. So. Are you talking about the Sins I Rising got to thing? That. that? Huh? The Sins Rising thing with the Sin Eater? Is that I, what you're talking I about? I think so, yeah. Or okay. it, Yeah, with the Soul, uh, not, what's the, the Soul Eater? Yeah, he's not the Sin Eater sin, anymore. Uh, the Sin Eater, yeah. And it's the, the way eater. that the whole idea behind him I really like is that he's like killing all these villains and then he like gets their powers. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's certainly a new take on the sin here. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. It really helps the story. <laughs> I guess. Which is, I mean, um, it's interesting. So, and I like the, there's been some cool like guest artists on that book and Gleason is, I like him, but, uh, yeah. Killer nice art to, team, killer yeah. art team between, uh, Ryan Otley and Patrick Gleason. Well, yeah, things really started looking up once they got that Stormbreaker on board, if you know what I mean. That's right, that Stormbreaker. Yeah. I'm I'm strictly a Stormbreaker guy. So, like. Oh, I am too. I've been been pulled in by that. Yeah, that's my name. It's a good name, in my opinion. Yeah, if you ain't a Stormbreaker, I ain't reading it. Sorry. Yeah, that'd be that makes a cooler tattoo than Young Guns. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll give them all the credit in the world. Stormbreakers is a way better name for it than oh, Young yeah. Guns. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I know I had them redo my old English Young Guns tattoo, so it's a Stormbreakers on my belly now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty Yeah, cool. you turned the two guns into hammers. It was easy. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it no was big deal at all. Simple. I mean, it hurt like hell, but whatever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> John, it's, but it's, it's nice Nice to check in with you guys. It's awesome to. I've been, you know, I sneak in once in a while, but it was cool to actually talk to you guys. So yeah, brother. I yeah, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate More you ruining Joe's Patrick life with these GI Joe figures. That's awesome. Let's get him back uh, in the toy business. You, 
you got to have fun by yourself somehow. It's so. true. Clinking, <laughs> sitting around, clinking my action figures together. Sean, it's good to talk to you, man. <laughs> hey, man. Good to talk to you guys. Stay you, safe. Buddy. Have yeah, fun. You too. You too. Yep. All right. Time to check these damn voicemails. Let's see what we got here. Hey, Joe and Matt. This is Anthony. I'm breaking my call once every three months rule. So I grew up on the Star Trek movies, but for some reason, I never watched TNG. Should have. I think I was about 12 when it premiered. So back in March when lockdown began, it was a perfect time to begin my next-gen watch. And now I can say that I've completed all seven seasons. It was great. I loved it. Most of it. Uh, it gave me the backstory and character developments that I never had when I watched Generations or First Contact. Uh, so watching, those, uh, watching the show has made those movies even better now. Uh, now I'm giving Deep Space Nine a shot. It's, that's my answer, Star Trek old Star Trek. Uh, I've been reading Mark Waid's Flash Run and Simonson's Thor. Uh, I've also been reading uh, Jeff John's JSA Run. Oh. And I have a question about this. Yeah. And I don't have any comic book nerds in my life to ask. So I'm around issue 30, which puts us around 2001. And there was this one-off issue that literally says guest starring Batman, kind of like a Scooby-Doo episode. You know, the JSA just starring Batman and Robin and the Harlem Globetrotters and Don Knotts. <laughs> Sandy anyway, Batman has this inner monologue where he's thinking about the original JSA and he says that he knew the original team. And I was like, what does he mean he knew the original JSA? They, they operated during and after World War II. I have an so answer. This has been nagging at me and I don't have the knowledge of DC history. Is, is this some crisis stuff where Batman was with the original JSA? Can you help me understand this? Okay, thanks. Um, off to go read Basketful of Heads. Nice. Hey, whoa. Reading all kinds Two of Two shout shit. outs to Basketful of Heads this week. Okay, so how does Batman know the JSA? Answer this. Okay, so the JSA, yes, you are correct. They were a team that was uh, founded, formed, and, and operated during World War II in the 1940s. Right. Um, following the war... Uh, there was uh, all of that uh, that uh, House Un-American Activities Commission, right. you know, Red Scare stuff, right? Sure. And so uh, there was this story called The Last Days of the Justice Society. Yeah. Uh, where they, well, that might actually might not be the same story. But anyway, um, the JSA got called before Congress and they were ordered to unmask or quit. Right. And they were like, fuck it. We're done. We will retire. Cause we're not, we're not giving up our lives to you. Yeah. Um, and so that was the, that was the quote unquote end of the JSA. Um, they later got back together, uh, to fight a cosmic threat and got stuck in a timeless limbo, uh, until they were freed in the modern day. What storyline was this? Um, I feel like this was last days of the justice society, but, um, justice society. Let me look that up. There was a mini and a one shot. Uh, Justice society. Last days of the justice society. Uh, 1980. Last days of the justice society was a one shot. Okay. Um, 
It wouldn't have been 1986. Yes. That's it? Yep. Okay. Last uh, so it was, it was, you know, towards the tail end of Christ. It was, it was, it was kind of like closing the door on the, the JSA. Okay. Um, following the crisis on infinite earth. However, like the, their fate didn't have anything to do with crisis. Just, that's just the timing of it. Right. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. It is that it is this one shot where they, uh, get stuck in the limbo. Um, and so they are freed in the present day and make a return. And that is how Batman would have known them. Okay. Um, there we go. I also don't like, I feel like maybe not some of those original, uh, JLA. Well, that well, couldn't have been cause there was no earth Two anymore. You know, they used to have the JLA JSA team ups in the silver age. Right. Um, but that was when the JSA was on earth Two, So that stuff didn't count anymore. But, um, anyway, yeah, the JSA, the, the JSA leapfrogged to the, uh, present day. And that's where they met the justice league and their successors. And, you know, your new flashes, your new green lanterns. Okay. There you go. And, uh, and then, yeah, then they reformed under Jeff Johns and David Goyer and, uh, James Robinson in the nineties, late nineties. Right. And Batman knew him there too. Still knew them. Yes. Yeah. His knowledge of them did not fade. So there we go. That's how Batman knows the JSA. That's fun. All right. Yeah. And you can find link to the last days of justice society of America in the notes. If you want to check it out, that's fun. Uh, Anthony, what a wild way to experience Star Trek. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> to have only seen the movies, but not the next generation. I can't imagine watching those first couple next gen movies completely without context. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, unless like a friend was like, Hey, let's go see a Star Trek movie. And you're like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> you know? Who's this guy with a beard and the, and this other guy with a visor. Yeah, what? Like, I don't know anything about it, but yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm glad that you were able to um, uh, get into Star Trek and next gen. Uh, I totally agree. It is a great show. That's got a lot of Rocky parts, um, Yeah, but it's still an old favorite and deep space nine. Is probably my favorite Star Trek property of all time. So let's get into our answers. I had been re-watching Deep Space Nine like while I work. It's, it plays on a laptop next to me through my speakers while I'm working, and it's just soothing. I love the show. The first season's not good. It just isn't good. But the second season starts to get I mean, get it's really, fine. It's it, not great. It's fine. The second season starts to get pretty good and then the third season it's off to the races oh my god it's great after that it's so i would great. say uh it it the inner uh, well i don't want to spoil anything for anthony but i will say the over uh the introduction of the ongoing subplot with the war yeah the dominion stuff Ooh. really gets Ooh. that show cooking man it's so good. and there is a cast addition at the very beginning of season four, that is like a turning point for that show. Yeah. It's, and it went from being good to being spectacular. Yeah. It's fantastic Trek stuff. Uh, from there, uh, I just, I did rewatch some of my favorite episodes. I watched the episode, um, and this is only a minor spoiler cause it's pretty early on in this, uh, in the show. Uh, there's an episode where, uh, Cisco gets, they think Cisco's been disintegrated, but he keeps visiting Jake as he gets older. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And it and it ends with him as an old man being played by Tony Todd. Yeah. Uh, who plays like thirteen different characters on Star Trek? Yeah. So um, good. And it's so good. It's such a great episode. Oh my god. Yeah. Wonderful um, show. But yeah, I love Deep Space Nine. Uh, what else you got? So as we get into October and every year I do it, I'm just like, okay, time to try and catch up on Supernatural now. And I'll binge like two seasons of Supernatural. And the good news is there's like 13 fucking years to catch there up. There are on. 15 <laughs> seasons of Supernatural. Yeah. Yes. And right now I am on season 11. So I, I, I still have plenty to go. And God, even when Supernatural is not great, it's still a lot of fun. It has a charm. Yeah, it, it has this um, wonderful charm. And they keep doing these things. Like, you'll kind of slog through seasons 9 and 10 because they keep doing this thing where it's like, oh, remember this big bad? Well, we're recycling him. And remember this big bad? Oh, we're recycling them now, you know? And they kept, wait till you get to the final season because it's just like they kept, you're on season 11, so. Yeah. Uh, and I legit don't know what happens. It's not like I'm rewatching these. Who's I'm the big bad in season 11? Catching up. I, right now it just started and we just got out of the Crowley stuff again. Like Crowley part three. I fucking love Crowley. I do too. He's great. <laughs> uh, so the, the supernatural keeps upping the stakes every year where it's like, well, shit this year this year the main villain is the literal devil yeah well okay um that's cool what are we gonna do to top it um well at first it was like well, this year this year the big villain is heaven itself yeah they go from like okay, well uh, like oh an angel is a problem and this next one a demon's a problem and then this next one the angel the demon yeah. team up and then the one after that they <laughs> yeah, teamed right. up because there was this thing that eats angels and demons and now right, god yeah, is yeah, eating yeah, that yeah, thing then, then, the, then the next year was like the <laughs> leviathan right, season yeah where it's like well, okay. Um, now the big bad are these dark creatures from beyond time and space right. that eat angels for breakfast. Right. And like you, even vampires have to like team up with the yeah, supernatural boys like, to like um, try and survive. Right, well, now, okay. Uh, how about God's sister? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about the incarnate? How about the death incarnate? Oh, right. Yeah, that's a good one. It gets a little silly, uh, but they the. The chemistry between like the two yeah. brothers is the so actors, the actors, that cast good. kills it. And like, I feel bad for, um, not Padlicky, the other guy, Eric, what's his name? Jensen Ackles. Pardon me. Jensen Ackles. Cause he just signed like a new TV deal and it was like, yeah, I'll do another show. No one is going to watch that show and be like, nah, sorry. He, he, it's not Dean. I see somebody else. It's totally not Dean. Well, <laughs> like, Jared Padlicky, uh, Jared Padalicki is, the star of the Walker, Texas Ranger reboot. God, that's almost too perfect. He's got the look and everything. You better do some like really shitty Kung Fu and cowboy boots though, or I'm out. <laughs> I hope, I hope that he sings the theme song like God. Chuck Norris did. One of my favorite things on Conan was the Walker, Texas Ranger uh, lever that he would pull and it would show a random scene from Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> there was one where like you pulled uh, it and it, Haley Joel Osment was like the guest star kid. And he's like, walks up with, you know, Chuck Norris and walks up to his parents and they're like, Ricky, you're okay. And he goes, it's okay, mom. Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> and, and Conan just like, what in the hell was happening on this show? 
my dad loved that show, so I had to sit through way too much of it. Uh, oh boy, it's it's terrible. Um, so what are you catching up on? What are you binging on? Okay, so I haven't done a lot of uh, extra reading, but I have been rereading uh, the George Perez. Kurt Busiek Avengers, which I talked about last week. Yeah, I figured that would get you started. Um, well, I had already started because we put the we put the link to the book in the notes. Yeah. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've been watching a lot of shows that I've seen before. Um, I've been doing a a lot of rewatching. Um, I mean that's the idea of what addition, we're talking about here, though, like com- like comfort media, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I rewatched I rewatched uh, several uh, of the next gen Star Trek movies. I rewatched um, Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock and The Voyage Home, which I have only seen a couple times. Um, oh, and Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. That's a great one. Yeah, um, oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> well, that was. That was back when all the Klingons were British. Yeah. <laughs> they all sounded British still. Totally. Uh, despite the fact that Next Generation had already been going and they had to shoehorn in Worf's grandpa. Well, you know. Uh, but uh, I also rewatched uh, both seasons of Star Trek Discovery and Picard uh, to gear up for Star Trek Discovery Season 3, which kicked off this past Thursday. And I love it. 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 Yeah. I gotta, I gotta start watching. It. I haven't watched it yet. So I was going to start last night, but we had to finish, um, the, what were we watching? Oh, the haunting of Hill house on Netflix, which was good. It ended a little too cute, but it was good. It had some good scares. The haunting of Bly Manor. Boring. Oh my God. It's boring. Oh, like, really? These guys I chat with online can't shut up about it. Really? See, man, I'll, maybe I'll have to dig into it a little more, but so far the first two episodes snore. Ugh. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. I'm trying. Um, I've also been um trying to get into some new shows that I missed. Like I've been watching Shits Creek. Fantastic. Uh, on, uh, Shits Creek is wonderful. on Hulu and it is or on Netflix and it is fantastic. Yeah, it's just as good as everybody says it is. Anybody who says yeah. it's not is a jerk. Michael Severe, looking at you. uh so yeah like i i do like i'm i'm trying to get caught up on the blacklist which i fell off of three seasons ago uh i could watch james spader do almost anything i can too i just gave up on it it got it just got too wacky for me after a while it is the 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 backstory is getting more and more convoluted with every episode. Yeah, they. It's like it was bonkers to begin with, and that's what was great about it. Like, man, this is nuts. Yeah. It's crazy how many connections this guy has and uh, all this weird stuff. And then it's like, oh yeah, you think that's crazy? Wait till those connections get even more crazy. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that is crazier. I'm like, oh yeah, now it's completely unbelievable. Like, yeah, I agree, it's completely unbelievable. <laughs> so I don't like, know. There it, was an episode I watched me. yesterday. <laughs> when I should have been watching Hellstrom, which I forgot came out. Yes. Um, we'll talk about that I watched on this it. week's show, by yes, the way. Yes, we're saving it for the main show. Uh, there was an episode of The Blacklist I watched yesterday where uh, the villain of the episode had kidnapped one of the agents and she was locked in the van and while he was out and about on the outside of the van, he got eaten by a bear. <laughs> he just got <laughs> snatched by a bear. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck? And then the bear pushed the van into the river. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just smashed his big old bear body into it until it went into the river. Well, that's why you don't piss bears off, I guess. I there guess. You go. Yeah. 
There you go. So yeah, that was that's what I've been doing. Um, just a lot of a lot of a lot of reminiscing and and trying to um, get into some new things that are highly recommended. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, that's been fun. We've now we have so much crap for us to catch up on. It's absolutely insane. Enough of this business. Let's set up our question of the week for next week, and then we have got to get out of here. This is nuts. It's true. This week's question was submitted by Brian Domingos via the THN forums. 80 plus years of comics have produced thousands of series that didn't live up to their potential. Which concept was produced, printed, and failed that you think needs a reboot and or a second take? So, comics that deserve a second chance. Okay, I'm into it. Totally into it. And I can think of 19 off the top of my head. So I'm going to narrow this one down. We'll be doing this uh, next Saturday. Same THN time, same THN channel. Call us at 402-819-4894. You can shoot us a MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. You can show up on our Facebook and watch us live, jump into our Zoom, or just chat with us there. But like I said, we don't have a show without you. Thank you to everybody that played along. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday where we are going to, like we said, we'll have our Nerd TV review of, excuse me, we'll have our Nerd TV review of Hellstrom. And don't forget to check the show notes for your required reading. It's all the stuff that you guys mentioned and we mentioned comic book wise. And I can put all those movies in there. But you can go look at the chat transcript. And I threw a bunch of stuff in there. People were throwing stuff up in the chat transcript on Facebook. So check that there. I think that's it. I think we're done today. I think we're done. All right, let's get out of here. My name's Matt Baum. My name's Joe Patrick. And this is the Two Headed Nerd. Signing off.